I'm Emily Kyle and this is Local. During what would have been the Unconformity Festival in October of this year, past QBank residents returned to collaborate on a group show entitled... Conglomerate. It's called Conglomerate. The show's called Conglomerate. Which we were wondering, maybe every single show in Queenstown is called Conglomerate. I was able to record sweet little conversations with a few of the artists involved. Abigail Rothery. Tim Code. Caitlin Foster. Carl Ross. Joshua Santo Spirito. Lou Conway. And Lee Rugazzi. The show is curated by Lou Conway and features both familiar and new voices. So when was the last time you were in Queenstown? The last time I came here as a guest and I was up in the Airbnb upstairs here. Yeah. Um, that was really great. Um, but I've been coming for quite a while, for like th- two or three years. Oh, wow. I've known Stephen and Mark and Sean, Lou as well, guys running this place. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just really great what they've got going on down here. Yeah, yeah. And I've been wanting to be a part of it for a while and, yeah. So I've, I've came for residency in February. In February. February, March. I came yeah. for two weeks and that was also really good for me. Yeah. 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 That's great. Were you here recently, though? Yes. Since? Yeah, then? with Josh and Lee I came. Yeah. Um, in, was it July or August or whenever Josh yeah. was here? Yeah, Whenever Josh oh, yeah. was on residency. Okay, wait, someone needed a tampon. Was that you? That was me. Oh, hey, yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay, cool. Now <laughs> I, was I, a, I was knocking at your house for yes. like, oh, yeah, God. at 11 p.m. or whatever, and it was an absolute nightmare. But, yeah, we oh, got through that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> She's all I good now. I thought I could place you, but. Uh. Thank you so much for that, by the oh, way. Oh, no, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> cool, cool. Um. So you're all part of this group show, what's it called? What did Tom name it? <laughs> That's all right, I'll get someone else to say it. It's, right, it's like, because I, I said it last night. Something to do with rocks, I think. It's written on <laughs> the door. Conglomerate? No. No. Okay. And you've got some work in this group show. Yeah, Can you yeah. you talk about your work a little bit? The work that I've got in this show? Yeah. Um, so that work, I was just, I've really discovered ink recently and I've been playing around with ink studies and I really, I like it because it's very, um, it translates well with how I think about painting in terms of shade, light, dark. Ink is very much, you can grade ink down and do that yeah. stuff and have quite a lot of control with it. So, and I've just found it really quite meditative. I didn't make any big work when I was here on residency earlier this year because I was just in a really bad like mental spiral basically Mm. came back from London and was really not um feeling too great so this was actually a really cleansing time for me oh wow and it was great just to do some little smaller works and actually do some work because I hadn't made anything in quite a while oh how long um like a year maybe I hadn't really made anything that I was Yeah, yeah felt good about yeah yeah um so it was good to kind of dust away the cobwebs yeah um so that's these three um paintings drawings ink studies whatever you want to call them um that I've got hanging here from that 
um, two weeks that I spent here and I've they're just from scenes around town. I'm really interested in windows at the moment. That's what, what what's my the work. fascination with windows? Um, so I kind of see them as metaphors for interior versus exterior for, you know, yeah. um, a couple of different, I don't know, it, yeah, it's sort dualities of like, that you can play with there. So like personal versus exterior. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting to me, I, I have um, a piece that, speaking of spending time off from things and then I've been so committed to this that I haven't had time for my own practice and I've been working towards this probably the biggest piece I've ever worked on and it's a window or it's is it a window yeah oh, I'm really excited um, yay <laughs> it's, it's the cloth that hangs over oh beautiful window. yeah so I've been thinking about those themes myself about yeah like wow what how the outside comes into the inside but it doesn't yeah quite come in but yeah, it's yeah. right there yeah so I'm it? really interested in that little point between yeah. the two and also what remains hidden mm. especially in the banal in the suburban kind of scene which is very much like what a window represents to yeah. a lot of people so windows fences and hedges also fascinate me I've got thousands of pictures on my phone that I take when I'm just walking around yeah. wherever I am so, so Queenstown like is boundaries and borders yeah boundaries and borders that people have put up yeah <laughs> that you can see through kind of but not yeah. fully and in a way, the boundaries themselves represent something and the way that they're formed also builds part of the scene. Yeah. Yeah, so all of that kind of stuff really is very inspiring for me at the moment and it's what I'm choosing to focus in on. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, um, what was your practice sort of like before you had that year, year break? Or um, I'm mainly an oil painter. Oil painter, oh, acrylic wow. painter. Mm. Is that why you feel like you have more control when it comes to ink? Yeah. I find ink terrifying. Like yeah. I've got no control. Yeah, yeah. So you're I'm, coming from I'm this. a bit of a control freak when it comes to painting. Yeah. Um, everything else in my life, I don't care really how it happens. It can happen in any way. But with painting, I'm very particular and specific and there's a real process. And I like to plan. Um, yeah. 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 And... I'm really excited for the next kind of year now that I have my creative energy back to get back mm. into doing some serious painting, uh, planning and making and things. Do you and think that you'll come back to Queenstown in the next year? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a really great place for me. I love it down here. The air is just there's something different about it down here. Yeah. Um, we'll have to um, do like a... A full length podcast and sort Ooh, of yeah. talk about our mutual love of windows. Oh, and, yes. Uh, like talk to me all that, day about windows. <laughs> the creative drive thing <laughs> is just, it's so, I think, I feel like everyone goes through it, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's so difficult because you've got to, you know, that at some point it's going to change, but you have to wait yeah. and it's awful. Yeah. No, yeah. it was, yeah, pretty sucky, but. But glad. you're back. Glad that I'm back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this. This is mm, great. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> so when was the last time you were in Queenstown? Um, I was up in Queenstown in June or – no, sorry, not June. I was up there in, in August, mm. in about the 20th of August. Uh, yeah. Yeah, with the QBank residency? Yeah, I was up here on residency with QBank with, uh, with Caitlin Foster. 
and we came down here after camping up on the west coast for about three weeks. So we kind of came here after a big camping trip. Oh, that sounds amazing. It was a pretty cool place to like turn up after being in a tent for ages, actually having yeah. like a, you know, like a fireplace and a roof over us. All this luxury. It was pretty nice. Yeah. yeah. So the work that you've got in this show, what's the show's name? The show's called Conglomerate cool. and it's a group exhibition. So we're kind of a conglomerate of artists who have come together. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. This, um, the work that you're showing here, mm. Was that the work that you were doing while you were on residency? No, no. When I'm, I was on residency sort of after a, after an exhibition that I had in, in Hobart, which was a printmaking exhibition where I worked with uh, dry point prints from aluminium. Uh, but this work that I made for this exhibition, I made it basically on the day that I arrived in, in Queenstown. Oh, really? How long have you been here this time? Uh, just for a few days, That's actually. Um, but I had this idea to bring the aluminium up and to make the work site specific, basically very um, impromptu when I first uh, got here. And the sheets are pretty large, those sheets of aluminium. Yeah, they're yeah, yeah they're pretty huge. They're like 80, 80 by 110 yeah. centimetres. And um, what I did was is I went out to those derelict courts fields just like on the road to Strawn, yeah. just out of Queenstown. And it's kind of like a well-known area for people dumping their cars and doing burnouts and, and leaving all this kind of car trash there. Yeah. So I... I um, <laughs> the car graveyard. Yeah. So I um, I drilled some holes in the aluminium and I put some wire through it and then I towed these two large bits of aluminium from the back of the car as I was very sensibly driving around this place, which has previously had a lot of burnouts and whatnot done. But um, the idea was that that landscape was making all the marks um, off the drawing mm. and I'll then print that as a dry point print. So how fast was the car moving? Were you going particularly slowly? Uh, it was not going as aggressively as what it could have been going. It was going pretty <laughs> slow but just enough to make a mark in the aluminium and so that it would kind of capture the energy of all that uh, like dragging on the earth. Yeah, and it's pretty, yeah, the ground there is pretty bumpy and... Um, and it's not just the the ground. Well, there's all these different elements of just trash. Yeah, like so much shards trash. of glass and bits of car parts that have it's fallen off. oddly and, sandy as well. Yeah, it it's is. It's like a little beach scene, yeah. an apocalyptic mm. beach. It's, and there's like puddles there and so all those different marks that were made through that whole dragging process are pretty interesting. Yeah. And so is that something that your practice focuses on? Yeah, well, at the moment it's definitely focusing on that relationship between the machine and the like, kind of organic mark making because mm. I'm, I mean, I'm drawing on aluminium and I often draw with power tools to make the marks. What was the question again? If it was a focus on your practice, you know, what you're talking about, this, like you said, the machine and the natural yeah, world. Yeah. yeah, it's that kind of collision and relationship that we've got between machines and the natural world and the environment and the landscape that's being created and what, yeah. It's wild to me, you know, the idea of using a power tool uh, for printmaking. Yeah. It just feels, you know, especially after seeing Raymond's 
delicate mm. mark making and his tiny, very precise and special tools. Absolutely. And if you yeah. have like a drill or. <laughs> yeah, I use like an angle grinder a, oh lot, of, my a lot of the time and a Dremel as well, but all kinds of things. Like I've used like a, a hammer and nails and knuckle busters and all kinds of things that I can make a mark with. And one of the big reasons that I've gone to using power tools is because it kind of removes the mark from your body a bit more as well. You want to feel removed from yeah, the action. Yeah, a bit less control over it because when it's a power tool, it's kind of like the tool wants to make its own mark and I'm kind of trying to restrain that tool. That's fascinating because I feel like I'm constantly trying to feel more connected to whatever material I'm using. Mm. So to want that disconnection, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah, because you still get an element of control when you're trying to kind of restrain the tool from vibrating and doing its own thing. But when you kind of pull it back into place, it um, creates a mark that you couldn't really plan to do, but it vaguely does what you wanted it to do. Mm. So it's kind of a nice little happy accident yeah it feels very free yeah yeah but it's also very strict as well I guess because of the types of blades and whatnot and um what so what is it about aluminium you know um I've only ever seen the copper dry point mm. print making what's what's it like working with aluminium well, aluminium is a lot cheaper to, <laughs> to buy and to work at a large scale. Um, and also because I find dry point printmaking super just immediate and you don't have to go through the acid etching process at all. And I really like to work quite quickly. And as I said, I can just buy cheap aluminium and just make prints after print after print and have a lot more freedom to just test out ideas without having to worry about the money. <laughs> the money. <laughs> what is it? What is the attraction to aluminium? Aluminium's just got that relationship to Queenstown and it being a mining town and that whole industrial connection to the place. And I think people associate a lot of the West Coast with um, industriousness. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even not just its history, but the way that the town looks. It looks yeah. very industrial. Absolutely. And I actually, um, I was documenting the whole dragging process and there's some pictures up on the QBank Instagram, but the uh, aluminium almost blends into the um, quartz landscape as well. Yeah. Oh, no, I can absolutely see that because it's, to me, when you go up there and there are all of those cars the more that they're rusted at, the more that they're rusted, the more mm. that they stand out to me. Yeah, no, totally. When you get something that's this shiny silver aluminium, and it just yeah. it would totally disappear. Yeah, and there's and there's already just so much aluminium just like scattered through the earth everywhere else, and so the work really doesn't seem that uh, disconnected from the place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely think this idea of you know using machinery to make prints is it's a fascinating one that I'm really interested in that removal. Yeah. Um, are you going to continue on in that vein? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually um, I'm building a machine at the moment that will do my dry points, that will do my drawings for me. 
Okay, but is it a machine or a robot? It's kind of like a robot slave in a way. It's like a it's like a strange alien spider, if you like. Oh, a spider. <laughs> but it's um, so it's for a show with um Contemporary Art Tasmania. It's it's in a few weeks' time. It's in November, and um, I it's in relation to bushfire damaged environments. Oh yeah. Um, so I've been collecting all these tools like nails and wires and all kinds of um trash that sort of got uncovered on the on the on the floor of the bush in these burnt areas and i'm using those as the drawing implements at the end of this very highly polished aluminium and perspex machine and it'll be um run by electricity doing these time-based drawings where it just scratches repeatedly on large aluminium sheets and then when these drawings are inked up it'll present this uh black tangled mass of lines that is then echoed in these burnt environments as well wow but it's being yeah, drawn by the by the um by the machine i mean the layers yeah <laughs> <laughs> so um the exhibition, will it show the machine, the alien spider, working? Yeah, the, the alien spider. I should probably call it that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it'll show the machine working, yeah. So I'm installing the show in the town hall underground space on Macquarie Street, so it's quite a dark space um, underneath town hall in, in Hobart. Oh, that sounds eerie. Yeah, and the machine's going to be... Doing a pretty long duration drawing over the over the whole exhibition, so that drawing will be revealed at the end. But it'll be drawing continuously every day, so it should create quite a heavily layered drawing. Mm. But as well as that, there'll be a series of prints that have been made by the drawing uh, machine already. Oh, it's little test run. Yeah, it's kind of like it's time tests. There'll be like different um, durations of marks. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Yeah. It sounds great. Should be pretty cool. Yeah. When do you think you'll be back? Do you think you'll be coming back to Queenstown? I'd really like to come back to Queenstown again, actually. Yeah, I've got a lot of things I'd like to draw. And, uh, no. like, and yeah, I know who would have thought. And I got, I, there's a few more things I want to collect. And cause I'm always looking for little uh, sharp objects that I can scratch with. So <laughs> it's a good place to come for that. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No worries. No, thanks for having me. So when was the last time you were in Queenstown? I was here in August this year, 2020. Yeah, with Tim? Yeah, with Tim. We came together. Awesome. He was saying that you guys had just spent three weeks camping and that coming here was like, oh. It was so nice to have a bed and a kitchen and a yeah. kettle that yeah. boiled quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Not over a fire. Yeah. Um, and so everyone's here for the QBank group show. What? Was it called? It's called Conglomerate, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, there's been some there's been some debate. When I <laughs> spoke to Abby, she wasn't quite sure it was called anything. So oh. we're, you know, we're getting better as we go on. Yeah. Um 
basically, it would be great to talk about the work that you've got in the show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so there are these quite large MDF boards. Yeah. That you've painted on. Yeah, it was a it was a few months ago that I found uh, these boards on the side of the road as part of hard waste. Ah, uh, yes. And I have a tendency to pick up a lot of junk and try to do something with it. Most of the time it ends up just lying around, but sometimes I actually get to to make something with it because it's just art supplies. I think it, they're ridiculously expensive, which is which is fine, but I it's also there's so much that goes to waste. To, to the dump. Yeah. There's just so many nice materials that are just being wasted constantly. So I thought I just it'd be nice to scrounge it and, and do something with it. Yeah, there's this um I love the idea of uh, like found object work and um yeah, there's so much trash. There's just so much trash in the world that isn't trash. I just have such an anxiety too about all the things that constantly go to waste. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. I'm just a bit worried that one day it's all just going to stack up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or go to my house. (laughs) Yeah, you're saving it. You're saving it from the pile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So how would you sort of describe the work that you've done on these boards? Well, the the piece, the works are called Brain Grain and they kind of are, they're somewhat of a representation of, stress and anxiety mm. just that that is all that all comes from the unconscious mind because mm. you, you our minds are so uncomprehensible there's yeah. so much about them that we don't know and basically I've, I've been working a lot on a particular project at the moment but it was just really nice to have just just go onto this piece of material that I don't really care about as much after buying all this really nice paper mm. and, and going in and focusing on these gritty details in this other work that I've been doing to go to something completely new and just basically vomit out <laughs> all my stress on onto this paper. Oh, not paper, the, M, the MDF. Yeah. Yeah, so it's this cathartic experience. It's very therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. So the it's different from the kind of work that you normally do? Yeah, I've been working a lot on um, – I'm, I'm attempting to write a book at the moment. So ah. it's just it's so much com- coming down to the details and the, you know, p- planning and trying to get everything into place. And I wanted all my art to relate to that, to the series and to the story because it's, it's kind of this ever-growing story. And the the mural that I did last time I was here. Yeah, it's the bugger. Yeah, that, that that will be a character in the story itself. Wow. Yeah, so I, I wanted everything to kind of have some correlation with the story. But I I just I've been working on it a lot this year and I just needed a moment to just to just vomit out onto the page. But who knows, it could end up having a correlation with the story in the yeah, end. Yeah, it's funny because so often, you know, everything comes back together yeah oh, it's um it's amazing to think of the bogo as this character in a story it's um I mean it's alive it's alive on that wall near the playground it's yeah. um and just to, that to come from a story is um that's incredible yeah and now it lives here 
I know that's where it's from, the bogger, yeah. the mining bogger. Ah, so is it a short story that you're working on or a novel? It's a it's a children's book. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, and I'm being incredibly ambitious and the bogger is for the second book, which <laughs> <laughs> is not going to appear yet. I'm trying to go back to the first book now because there was a moment this year where I just got really carried away and I started completely planning out the second and third book. <sighs> but I've just it's just kind of the world is growing in, yeah. in my mind and in my sketchbooks through poems and sketches. But it's it's the official getting the the first pages of the of the first book down that I have to really focus on, which is I actually did start doing it. Mm-hmm. But then that's why I needed to have a bit of a brain grain moment yes. for this exhibition. Yeah. I think that it's so easy for us to fall into this. I mean, this idea gets pushed on us all the time that you that you start here and you move in a straight line to there and then you're finished and it just doesn't ever work that way. You know, you jumping onto the second and the third book before the first one's done, that's probably exactly what you need to do in order to flesh out everything you need in the first. It's not, you don't have to go from A to B. Yeah, I mean, it's just keeping the excitement alive, going, yeah. pulling things out of what's going to happen in the future and bringing them back into the first book. So it's kind of the secrets and the and the world is unravelling with more depth about what's to come. Uh, so do you know when um, the first book might start to appear <laughs> in the world? Can you tell me, please? Oh, yeah, maybe <laughs> 2021. Oh, gosh, I would hope, but I don't know. It's it, each uh, drawing, I'm, I'm trying, I'm illustrating, I've, I've done all the poems so mm. far. I've um, Over the last year and a half, I wrote them all out and I, I sourced them from telling children bedtime stories when I was, yeah, doing a bit of babysitting and whatnot. Uh, and, and, yeah. That's going to be the perfect training for a children's oh, it's, book. Oh, <laughs> it's great. Too. They're a good audience too because they're brutally honest. Mm, they are. So always telling me what improvements I needed as I'm telling the story. Oh, it's like um. A focus group, but you're getting paid. Yeah, I know. It's great. I need to get some. I'm trying to get some more babysitting jobs just for this, just for this purpose. Oh well, the next time you're in Queenstown, you can have my boy whenever you want. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. No. I'm so I'm working on the illustrations at the moment, and I just I just did the first page, and it took three days. Oh, yeah. All of the little detail. That I mean, it's a massive massive undertaking to be writing and illustrating the book and and yeah this detail that you're talking about the detail in the illustrations and but also in the story there's so much to focus on no wonder you feel stressed and need a brain grain I know and I'm doing this stupid thing of telling everyone about it because now I'm going to be held accountable to it yes you have to do that (laughs) and it's terrifying but you have to I know it's in my head right now I'm just thinking what am I doing if this is a failure I'm gonna come back to this moment it's gonna be fine (laughs) thank you so much for doing this with me yeah no it's great yeah no it hasn't I've enjoyed it yeah (laughs) it was not too bad hopefully not as stressful as I thought it would be yes apart from I can hear my voice (laughs) yeah that's that's a bit of a trip it's bizarre um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, anytime. Uh, 
And when was the last time you were in Queenstown? Ten, ten seconds ago? Or? Yeah, a minute, a hot minute. Yeah. About two to three weeks ago, I think about three <laughs> weeks maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's not been long. You must really love it here. <laughs> yeah, just keep getting drawn back. Yeah. So you're back for this group show uh, called? Conglomerate. Yeah. Which is a very fitting name. Great name. Yeah, it is. It's multi-layered, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean. It certainly is. Yeah. So, um, and you've got, uh, can you talk about the work that you've got in the show? Yep. So the piece I have in the show is called The Town. Um, that was the first panel that I painted uh, during my residency. So that was day one. Like I spent all day setting up the studio space and sort of getting comfortable. And then I just got stuck into that and just sort of came out. Um, it's just like a, a, yeah, my first impression of all the homes, all the colours, the faded paint, and tin and um, in certain areas, the, like the mould and the wet. Oh, and the, yeah, all the mould. All the mould. But I love that. The mould. It's just so, yeah, I love the colour and I like that sort of the reclaiming you kind of see here. Like you turn yeah. your back on your house and you don't light the fire for a day and you <laughs> come yeah. back and it's full of water. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, a, there's a there's a smell that happens, especially in the middle of winter, that you can't get rid of. Yeah. 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 So it's a good place to be selling um, those dehumidifiers and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so it's, yeah, that's what that is. And so that that piece that sold to Lee um, down at the Soggy Broly. Oh wow! Yeah. Really? Which is great because oh, she's of course, of course, super local, and she oh, understands yeah. the work. So she oh. she snuck in before my um, open studio and sort of bought that because I, I didn't really want to sell stuff because I'm still working on some of them and I want to sort of get a larger series together hmm. and then have a show. But yeah, she's been really lovely to me when I've been here, and she's yeah. I'm glad it's like it's with a local oh, and staying here because there's that whole sort of essence that people are everyone's sort of aware of, of people coming in for residencies and sort of taking sort of mm. you know taking subject matter and taking people's stories and images and then sort of leaving with them and not giving the community a chance to maybe buy stuff or because mm. I've heard. I don't know, mixed, mixed reviews on how the residencies have gone and, you know, if all the work yeah. just disappears straight away, sometimes it's a bit sad, I think. Yeah. I think it can be a little bit dependent on the person or the people that are doing the residencies and, mm. and the way that they interact with the town and the people and the stories. And it's, um, you know, sometimes people come here and view it as an opportunity to shut themselves away and have some peace, which is absolutely fair enough. Yeah, and I'm definitely guilty of that. I loved that aspect of it. <laughs> the moments I did leave, though, was always, there was always some kind of really strong connection either with people or the landscape. Oh, I think that you definitely really engaged. Um, yeah, I didn't, anyway, I didn't think you were hiding. No, except when I had the windows boarded up and things like that at night when I was working it's in there cold. sometimes. Yeah, and it's also quite um, exposed in there. 
Yeah. I actually had to explain to a local because I went outside and this this lady approached me and she's like, oh, it's because I was working with it sort of open and stuff during the day. She's like, oh, it's so nice to see, you know, see you in there working. Like some some people come here and they just like board up the windows and all this stuff. And I was like, oh, no, that was me. <laughs> like, I've been here for a while. Like that was definitely me. And then, But I had to explain to her that so that's the living space as well. Like it's yes, everything. Yeah. And There's you, a lot of context. There's a lot of misunderstandings. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, if you're eating your dinner or you're in in debt, like in sort of like a deep part of your process, it's. It's a bit full on to have people tapping on the window and sort of licking the windows. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. It's like when you're, yeah, wrestling your inner demons and painting. <laughs> How do you think um, the piece that you're showing today differs from, say, Leo Kelly's work, the work you did at Leo Kelly's place, <laughs> or any anything else in the series? I mean, there's something really special about that being your first work when you came here. Yeah, it's that old chestnut of like create something without trying to force it and just letting it out and it sort of just happens and it was just a bit of an experiment. And then you kind of, you hit, you touch on something like I feel like I did with that one and then you sort of go with it and start developing it. But sometimes when you develop stuff you can sort of overly control or Mm. try to control it yeah so so do you feel like that one's maybe a little bit more pure (laughs) (laughs) probably definitely free um it's just yeah I don't know it's just an immediate kind of response it didn't even have too long to like settle inside me like my experience of the town and the landscape and the you know the rare sort of blue sky that I saw when Mm. I first drove in it was that day, so it was sort of quite immediate. So it was fresh and I think for me that's what comes through with that one. Yeah. It's just being that kind of, I don't know, no, it sounds too wanky. No, But just be being wanky. like a bit of a lens instead yeah. of forcing it or trying to like, like put my own narrative into it or even pre-conceptualise or post um, – it just sort of is what it is. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess it. I don't know whether it sounds wanky or not. That's sort of a little bit how I feel about. So you know, flying in uh, from Brisbane when my son and I moved here, and we were in Launceston for ten seconds, and then we drove to Queenstown. It's too long. <laughs> Arguably too long. <laughs> Um, but knowing, never having been to Tasmania before and that how how I now see Tasmania is purely through this Queenstown lens. Like every, every, Tasmania is something to me because of what Queenstown is. Yeah. It totally sets the tone. Mm. And um, I guess that's what's really interesting about first impressions. Yeah, especially with Queenstown because some people are really upset and it depends how you're looking at it. You know, if you're coming from sort of like an environmental perspective mm. and things like that, people get really upset looking at like a transformed landscape, especially one that's sort of been blighted in certain ways. But I think that's quite beautiful. I love like seeing sort of, especially here, I like seeing the mark of man on the landscape. Yeah, those Lou scars. Was saying before that it's um, it's a 
beautiful and tortured landscape. Yeah. And I, mean, it, I think it, it's and it's just something that will like I think it's so like the land like the the rainforests and everything that sort of occur around these areas, they're just so full on and like hopefully they don't burn in a fucking bushfire. Mm. Um but they're just so powerful. I just I just have sort of faith in them reclaiming it. Yeah. And everything recovering, like and there's little signs, you know, there's the ducks in the river and Yes, the ducks in the river. That everyone's quite proud of, you know. Yes. Like, Look, something's living in the river. Amazing. <laughs> and then there's a platypus and stuff like that. Um, you know, and those ducks are eating yabbies and there's things happening in that river particularly, which is so kind of like iconic. Mm. And again, people get upset by it, but Yeah, I guess it's iconic because of its colour, because of the damage. Maybe it will become iconic because it has ducks in it. <laughs> yeah. There'll be so many that they forget. Yeah. That's <laughs> the whole a dream. mountain was flushed down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, by humans. Um thank you for doing this with me again. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to yeah, be here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And um when was the last time you were in Queenstown? Uh, I was in Queenstown three months ago when yeah. I was doing a residency here at the, the QBank. Yeah, and now you're back for this QBank group show. Yeah, uh, conglomerate. Which yeah. Um, which we were wondering maybe every single show in Queenstown is called conglomerate. So it's probably not original, but we figured it was a group show, so conglomerate yeah. seemed kind of cool. No, I think it's good. I like it. Mm, works. Yeah. Um and so you've got some pieces from the qual here. Yeah. When we were talking last time, you were still fleshing out those ideas and I'm wondering if you're on steadier ground now. Um, steadier. Maybe steadier. I mean, I've got, I've, like, when I was making the paintings here on my residency, I was sort of avoiding understanding it a bit. Um, Don't just, force just, the narrative. Yeah, and maybe just doing it a little bit instinctually. Um, but since then I, um, I've had to come up with a bit more of a narrative to it because uh, those artworks are going to be turned into a film which will be part of, a, I guess, a multimedia performance at Monofoma in January um, in Hobart mm. um, where I'll be performing in a church. Uh, venue still to be organised, but uh, with a church organ and a violin and myself on guitar. Um, so I had to come up with a bit more of a, at least, uh, you know, a loose narrative. So, yeah. So uh, what what is the loose narrative? Oh, um, well, still pretty, you know, along the lines of maybe what we spoke about, but, you know, a bunch of sort of uh, semi-mythological creatures wandering through the landscape. Um you know, it's kind of like the, the 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 memory of the planet or the record of the planet slowly disintegrating, you know, its memory of humans and mammals, uh, like in the far distant future, just playing with that idea that perhaps humans aren't that important in the grand scheme of the planet. Um, no. Yeah, well, contrary to popular belief, we <laughs> aren't that important, but, you know, we are doing damage, at least in this uh, Anthropocene. Yes, um, that's a word. It is a word. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I guess we've got these, you know, the quoll, the wombat, wallaby bickering through the landscape, uh, a landscape which is taken is over it, by lichen and fire. And is, it a, is it a serious bickering? Because when, I, when I'm when i looking, actually one of my favourite 
um, images from the series is, um, oh, I've forgotten the title because that's what I do. But they're on, they're on the hill and two are going one way and one is going the other way. I love the gestures, the mm. pointing, all of the gestures in a lot of the images. But that one particularly, and it's a very, it doesn't feel heavy, the bickering. It no, doesn't it's probably feel... more like a family yeah. bickering going on a holiday perhaps. But um, Interesting thinking or... about Swallows part oh, yeah. two. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of bickering with yeah, that's a different project, but yeah, it's um yeah, maybe I oh, like Oh no, that's not Swallows. Oh sorry. My memory is terrible. Oh, that's all right. Um Yeah, so I lost the thread again. Where are we? Where's the thread? Oh well, you know, you're asking what's 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 the narrative? Um, yeah. I mean, I guess they're bickering, and and then maybe maybe they're a bit like um, the Earth has Alzheimer's, at least on the topic of whether humans uh. existed ever or not. So it's the last kind of remnants of memories of mammals and humans is starting to fall apart, and so you know, perhaps the bickering does become a bit more aggressive and argumentative, and then perhaps the quoll kills the wombat, and then <gasps> and then dissolves into a you know a bushfire, perhaps you know, much like. A lot of Australian literature is focused on getting lost and destroyed by landscape. That's kind mm. of this heavy theme, which maybe is a bit over the top, uh, and probably has its roots in you know colonial ideas of mm. how the landscape is in Australia. But you know, kind of riffing off that a bit, um, very loose. Uh, so my intention is to keep it loose yes. and weird because you know that was the brief for Monophoma. Keep loose it, and weird. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty. So you know, I'm gonna you know stick to that. So that's that's just, and that's probably as far as I really want to make a narrative out of that. Um, I mean, the narrative feels still feels pretty strong, and um, I mean, insofar as that um, recognition and understanding you were talking, uh, you know, in your episode about the plate and the cow and the making sense of things, mm. and I think that it's yeah, I think it's very easy for someone to be looking at that series and make sense of it. Yeah, I, I do find if if you just give lots of people fragments, they tend to, you know, f project their own stuff onto it, and it's kind of fun hearing. Mm. Sometimes people, you know, come back with the wildest stuff about you. Know, yeah, it's pretty cool. Kind of much more interactive with the uh, reader, watcher, whatever viewer, listener. So all of the um, pieces from the Qual series, will they? All of them will be projected while you're playing. Yeah, and lots of the sketches, and you know, um, which you know weren't didn't make it to paintings necessarily mm. because I have to fill out about a forty-five minute uh, video of lots of stills. Wow! Uh, and you know, have a bit of narrative in in the visuals. I also thought it might be kind of cool. The question popped up: is like, are you going to have a uh, a narrator? You know, will you have a voice? Mm. And I was thinking, I don't want a voice in this performance. So I did just uh, just last week came up with the idea of just leaving on the seats of all, for the audience instead of a program, a zine, so that the audience can kind of you know, be have, their, have be their own. The voice, yeah. yeah, they can they can provide their own, you know, let, make them do a bit of work. You know, they yeah. have to read, the, read you know, they're not going to – there's not many spoilers. It's You know, it's just a weird sort of horrific fantasy story. It doesn't have to make a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, but there's like, something strange about horrific fantasy. There's something that doesn't quite click. For you? <laughs> Oh, your fantasy's you got to be beautiful. Or? I feel like yeah, it's, it's, gonna have a, mm. it's the fantasy's got to be enjoyable, and then oh, the horror! And that's oh, the, I want to do a horror in a church. 
That would be amazing. That would be. Yeah, with organs. With organs. Because organs are such throbbing, majestic dragons of, of the music, <laughs> the, the, the instrument world. They're so so cool and they bring so much atmosphere. And you know, mm, anyway. I feel like you bring so much atmosphere. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like you're a bit of a, uh, you've got this giant personality. Giant? Yeah, that's what it feels like. Okay, all right. I'll have to turn that down. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, well, it's and oh, the, actually, the other question is: so the qual is it? Is there's an order to the paintings? Is there? Not really, and I think that maybe I avoided order because I was avoiding mm, avoiding narrative. narrative for so long, and just sort of letting you know each painting sort of sort of figure itself out, which I enjoy. But I will be forced to make an order, and if an, if the order that I have doesn't fully make sense, I will have to put in lots of sketches and other drawings for for the purpose of that that film for that performance for there to be a bit more of a sensible narrative. But, um, mm. yeah, at this point there's no there's no order. Yeah, I guess you could just put numbers in a hat. Yeah, yeah. Make even less sense to the audience perhaps, but <laughs> they'll figure it out. Be yeah, fine. they've got to do the work. Yeah. 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 Um, thank you so much for doing this with me again. Oh, no, pleasure. Yeah, thank you. It's so... It's oh, it's so nice to be doing this all again at the same place that we did it last time. <laughs> oh, it feels sort of a, like a full circle moment. Yeah, right. Um, so when you've been back to Queenstown more recently than the last time you were here. Yeah, I've been back um, a few times. So January, my partner and I and our daughter, we did a residency at QBank. Uh, that was for a month and started a project for Contemporary Art Tasmania and that's currently show, showing at, at CAT. Um, and, yeah, I have been back probably about three three or four times since January. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just, um, yeah, just, you know, visualising and shaping and um, doing all the things that you need to do to put together a body of work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And are you still um, as in love with the myth of Sisyphus? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> More than ever. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. So I was wondering if we could talk about the work that you have in the group show. Yep, yep. Um, so it's just a small work. Um, it's a photographic, infrared photographic print Um and it was taken on a really um, beautiful walk just out of Queenstown. Helena pointed me in the direction of um, this walk just up the hill. And Is that the Spian Cop? No, actually it's just towards the water catchment. So oh. um, sort of just walk, is it up Cutton Street or... There's another, is it McNamara? Oh, I can't remember the street name. I mean, it's literally two two blocks away, the start of it, up a hill. And you sort of go through this no entry sign. Yes, it's um the, uh, so when you're walking up the hill, that's uh, Bowes Street. Okay. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Cutton Street cuts through, I think, where you're walking yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah, it rings a bell. Um, yeah, just, just this incredible little... It's like a little myrtle gully or something, um, just really lush. Um, but there's, you know, quite a lot of invasive plants there as well. And um, um, 
like which photograph on infrared really well. Um, <laughs> I have mixed feelings with invasive species, you know. Um, they are mm, stunning but it's also, you know, you want to um, support the, the native species as much as possible, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, um, I feel a bit sorry for the plants that have been and animals that have been brought over here, you know. Yeah, they yeah. They maybe didn't want to yeah, be yeah. coming over here and now they're here and multiplying. And yeah, it's complex, isn't it? Just doing what they're just trying to stay alive. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but on, so it's just a, you know, it's probably about a half an hour walk um, and you pass a little waterfall and, yeah, I don't know, it was, it's, um, there's, there's no, um, there's no Sisyphina character in the image. It's just, um, infrared sort of lush vegetation and. Which is just out of this world, this incredible, I mean, how do you even describe that colour? Yeah, it's pretty vibrant. Um, and funnily enough, I think if it was in a material form, I wouldn't be attracted to it for some reason, but mm. it seems to work for me personally as a um, in print material. Um, it's not a colour that I'd ever wear or no. I'd sort of, I don't know, be too attracted to, but, yeah. There is something about it. <clears throat> I think also maybe the story, the story of it is quite alluring, this yeah. unusual this unusual material process and yeah. history and yeah, um, yeah. But the, your big boots, are yeah, initial. the boots. And I think I told you the story oh. about the boots yes. last time, did I? Yes. Like, um, yeah, the boots are from my friend, dear friend Nikki Smith, and she's very petite. And she was moving back to Sydney, and we went round to her house for dinner, and. We, I just had the funniest moment. It was really late at night and she was getting rid of all her stuff and she said, oh, Lou, and she ran to her bedroom and she bring back these ginormous felt boots and she slipped one on my foot and it was like a Cinderella moment. It fit me so beautifully and so perfectly and they were way too big for her but she'd bought them on the internet. I love that um, there was no man involved Rewriting this history. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was funny. But um, I photograph those boots. I use those boots in my photographs mm. all the time. They're just, yeah, special pieces. They're, um, you almost miss them in the photograph. The, the foliage, the Sorry, the colour yeah. is so, like you say, is so Vivid. vibrant yeah. and it, you, you're you so drawn to that colour that yeah. they're, you almost overlook them but there they are, yeah. just waiting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I guess, like a, there's a tranquility in regards to the vegetation and it's, um, it's a fairly peaceful image. Um it's not it's not an image that's meant to challenge you in too much it's i think um for me the thing that was that drew, that drew me to the place was just the tranquility and the peace and and um yeah the simplicity of 
just being in the moment. Yes. That's beautiful. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for recording with me again. No worries. Great. Uh, Can you tell me the last time you were in Queenstown? I was here a few months ago when Josh Santo Spirito was doing his residency. Ah, yes. Um, So I came up for that to see his exhibition. And then prior to that, I came up when Tom and Lou were doing their show a few months before that. Oh, that's wonderful. So you're all, um, well, I guess not everyone, but you're pretty close friends. Yeah, it's we all live sort of roughly in the same area in Muna, down in Hobart. Ah, oh, it's a spot to be. Yeah, it's a, a sort of burgeoning little arts district down there. Josh and I have sort of put together a gallery in our shed where we've been doing scrappy little exhibitions. Ah. Oh. That sounds really good. That's really fun. <laughs> um, you've got quite a few pieces of work in the show. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about them? Yeah, well, I um, I studied printmaking at art school, but then I haven't done a lot of it since I left because I haven't had access to the f- facilities. Mm. But this year um, Josh and I... Uh, bought an abbey, um, bought um, some printing presses, some Riso printing presses, and with those you can use uh, the masters, which are a part of the printing process, to uh, make up silk screens. So I've been get, getting really excited about doing silk screens. And also around the same time I bought an old um, clothes mangle that they used to um you know, dry their clothes with back in the old days. But it's very very similar to the process that you use for making relief prints. So I just just started making a whole lot of relief prints um, with that and experimenting with, with, with printing blocks on top of other blocks. And, uh, um, and I was sort of vaguely pleased with the results and I thought I'll just, I'll just put up all of my experimental works that I've been doing or, you know, a lot of them and just see how it looks. Ah, yeah. Well, I mean, they're so, they're so attractive. I mean, they're so vibrant and the colours are incredible. Thank you. Um, Yeah, and I I was sort of, yeah, I was was trying to to bring in a bit of um, West Coast inspired thing. So while they're mostly abstract, um, there's a there's a, there's one character that's sort of in a, in a, in a fog in one of the images, and I and I thought that was was the um, was the closest thing that I could uh, make to the theme of the show in mm-hmm. the time that I had. You know, I, I the, the the landscape here is so beautiful, and I and I, I really wanted to do a multi-block print, a larger one um, that was a, a more of a landscapey thing and. And playing with, um, you know, lightning colours receding into the background of a of an image. But uh, I'm hoping to spend some more time here in the future because it's so beautiful. And maybe do the residency here. Um, in which case, that would give me the time to yeah to, to do a lot more really of that print focus. work. Yeah, and 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 because there's so much more space in here, my 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 um. My studio at home is quite dinky, so <laughs> so if it, when it comes to doing large prints, it's sort of a, a bit of a 
there's too often too much sort of wrangling of things around in order to just get the space to to run a print through. Mm, yes, it's um, oh gosh, it can be tough. I know my my house, um, which is usually where I um, interview people. It's um, it's it's very small. It's my it's my tiny house, and I love it. Mm. Uh, but how? Uh, myself, my son, and my four cats mm-hmm. fit in there and with enough space for me to work. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm constantly rearranging, trying to have the house be what I need it to be in, that day. Mm. So it's always a bit messy. Um, was there any uh, thought process? Did you have any sort of thought process in the way that you hung the work? Because it feels very story-like. Um, yeah, I sort of, I think, uh, you know, a lot of my work, I, I kind of like to, you know, I, I do, I do draw a lot of comics and I, I tell specific narratives in those, but then I, I like to let the, the comics form, you know, that whole sequential nature of that art form breathe a little bit sometimes. So I do a lot of abstract comics as well. And so... I don't, I, you know, the work for this, I, I don't necessarily think it's meant to be read as a narrative, but but maybe there's there's an element of of the sort of it relates back to the comic language because it's because it's a whole ser- sequence of images, mm. and there's there's some repetition in there, and and um, uh, I mean, will any of us ever be able to escape narrative? Is it even possible? Um, I don't know. Um, I think abstract work can go some way to to doing that, but um, that's a hard question. I'm not sure <laughs> if I can answer it. Maybe, maybe if we do a longer interview, we can really flesh it out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can I? I, I would like to ask though, what what is an abstract comic? I I'm very new to the comic mm. world or the graphic novel world. Well, it can, it's, um, I suppose, just a comic that's not figurative, uh, that, you know, it, um, uh, comics usually Im- employ a sort of grid, some sort of grid format um, or um, an arrangement of um, squares or rectangles, generally speaking. And so the abstract ones that I do either just play with different types of line making or different sort of tonal qualities or just muck around with with uh, different sort of uh, arrangements of colour and um, and shape. Um. Is, there, is, there, is it more of a suggestion than a statement? Yeah, I think uh, you know. I try. I've been working on some some small pub- publications, um, and I think that I just exhibited them at our shed recently, and I, and I think that they they work really well on a wall, but may, maybe they won't work as well in a publication. But it, but it, it's not maybe not a narrative, but. But I feel with those ones, I like to sort of take people on a little visual journey through whatever my thinking process was at the time of of what I um, was interested in. Mm. The things that um, 
that you're talking about are, I, I find really interesting because they're things that I have thought about. I'm not um, in in my in my drawings mm. because it's so it's all just line work. Yeah, and you know when I was talking to Tim before, he was talking about wanting to maybe disconnect from the material that he was using. And I, I was thinking, oh, I just, I, I want to get closer to mm. it. But then I, these things that I'm making, these, they're, they're not, there is no rhyme or reason or narrative or, or point. Um, but I want there to be, and I don't know why I want there to be, you mm. know? So you're so flying in the face of what makes sense to me and I want to make sense of it so that I can learn. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, um, well, I, I, like I'm very engaged in the whole process of it and I think p- part of why I make art is just because of the satisfying nature of, you know, putting pen to paper that in itself is a pleasurable activity. So, you know, I might as well just be colouring in an adult colouring book for half the time <laughs> but because, you know, it's just sort of sort of settling on an approach and then filling in that approach Um. um um, and all like you know, with printmaking, I love that as well because it, it, it's the 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 reveal of the image once you've once you've made the you know mm. the print, whether or not it's perfect, which usually with it, with me it isn't because I'm still <laughs> working on my technique. Um, but I think that there are things that I that I want to say, but I guess I tend to focus, or I have been tending to focus on just sort of variations on themes and uh, and really I think I, I had a a lot more narrative stuff in my work in the past and then I had a bit of a crisis of confidence in my creative <laughs> practice for a long time and it's only really this year that I've been starting to sort of show things again. Mm. Um, and I have, I have been doing narrative work as well, you know, posting daily comics for a while on, on Instagram just to sort of get my get my writing and my, my storytelling back up to scratch. But um, I think I, I, I'm, just, I'm just interested in doing a lot of different things and whether or not it seems meaningful to people, that doesn't really bother me because I think people can find meaning or pleasure in just looking at an artwork whether or not it has some grand statement behind it Mm, I think you're right that's a very comforting idea thank you so much for doing this with me oh my pleasure thank you for asking me and um yeah I I hope the podcast goes really well I'm looking forward to to binging it in the near future. Oh, that's so kind. (laughs) Thank you. This was Local. The podcast is produced by Carter Pierce and myself. Digital media is produced by Tess Gilfeder. Our artwork was made by Gigi Gordes. The podcast is funded in part by the Regional Arts Fund and the Unconformity Festival. Um, 
12. For more information on the podcast and its guests, please go to localthepodcast.com or localthepodcast on Facebook and Instagram.